millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden Podcast. This is a bonus episode for you guys. Uh, We're your hosts. I'm Gavi, here with Sadie, cult expert, cult survivor, Sadie Carpenter. How are you guys doing? I am. I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, that was that was a bad question, wasn't it? That was a bad question. I'm, uh, yeah. Um, today, we are here talking about something that happened within the past week that with all of the other things that happened within the past week in the news, this might have possibly fallen under the radar, but this uh, regards a topic, a couple of topics that we've talked about before. Um, We're talking about Liberty University and the allegations of misconduct that are rampant and the possible violation of federal law that also happened there. Lady, what are you going to be telling us about? Um, I read an article about... Kanye West and his new wife and his alleged very controlling rules on her. And I have some stuff to say about it. Yeah. And I mean, we just recorded the episode that's coming out next week. That's about controlling rules for women and what is expected of you in a Christian patriarchy marriage. And so that's coming out next week. We're actually reviewing a Michael and Debbie Pearl book. And then this story kind of broke right when we were recording that. So since we've talked about Kanye before, we felt like it would be good to do also a follow-up on that as well. In general, we talk about a lot of potentially triggering topics on this show, including but not limited to suicide and mental health, racism, misogyny, PTSD, and PTSD symptoms, child abuse, mental, physical, and sexual abuse, and spiritual abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we'll mention at least a few of these topics, but we try to avoid any graphic detail unless it is relevant to the story that we're telling, and we do our best to give our audience a heads up. 
before we go into any detail at all on any of these topics. This episode contains discussion of sexual assault. It also contains discussion of uh, controlling relationships, cult-like attributes in romantic relationships, uh, that sort of thing. Thank you for that. And I guess it's time for us to get into it. I'm going to start by talking about Liberty University. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you've listened back to our show before, several months ago, I think earlier this year, we talked about Liberty University. Liberty University is the university that was founded by Jerry Falwell, who was a evangelical fundamentalist pastor, very famous for his alliance, for his political alliance that he forged with the Republican Party. And he was instrumental in helping bring Ronald Reagan to power in the presidency. So Jerry Falwell Sr. founded Liberty University as a Christian university. It is seen as the political arm of the evangelical movement. Uh, Students who go there often, and, and, and if they major in political fields, they are well-primed to go in to work in Washington as either interns for Republican lawmakers. Part of this university is that they have a very strict honor code and uh, a student handbook, which is known as the Liberty Way, has very strict rules about student conduct. So uh, in 1990, this is going back into 1990, the federal government passed a law called the Cleary Act. Uh, And it was named in honor of a young woman named Jean Cleary, who was the victim of a sexual assault and a murder in 1986 at Lehigh University in Pennsylvania. Following this murder, it became clear that there had been many crimes that had occurred on and around the Lehigh University campus. And crimes that had been committed by students, um, and and Cleary was murdered by a fellow student, but there had been crimes that had been committed by fellow students that had not been reported to police, that had not been reported to authorities. And so the federal government passed a law saying that if you receive federal financial aid, if you participate in federal financial aid programs like student loans, federal student loans, and also federal student aid programs, then you are legally required to disclose the information about crime that is on or near your college campus. Liberty University was found to be in violation of this. Liberty can still go back and appeal, but the Department of Education did an inquiry into Liberty University and found numerous violations of this law. Uh, I'm reading from a Washington Post article in which they uh, quote a man named uh, S. Daniel Carter, who was a campus safety consultant. He reviewed a copy of the initial report that was obtained by the Washington Post. He, the quote from him is, I cannot think of a single other comparable case in the entire 32 year history of the Cleary Act. This is according to an expert. This is the worst violation of this act that he has ever seen. But there have been many crimes, um, in particular sexual assaults. When we talked about this, this school, when we were talking about it during our episode on it, one of the things that we discussed was that the Liberty Way, the student handbook, said that 
if you are the victim of an actual crime like a like sexual violence like a, an assault sexual harassment something like that and you're in a situation where maybe you're breaking a rule but you're the victim of a crime that they will overlook that right so if if you're at a party and you're drinking and you are assaulted at that party and you report your assault you will not be punished for the drinking or the attending the party that's what it says. But that's not how it works in practice. Of course it's not. No, and that's one of the things that we covered. And with fundamentalist and, and Christian universities especially, this is known to be a rampant problem where the universities will essentially try to, they'll have this policy spelled out, but everybody knows if you come forward with this accusation, then you're also going to get in trouble. So it's kind of a deterrent to deter people from reporting these incidents, these crimes that are committed against them. And how the university would get around this rule and maintain plausible deniability is the person who self-reported that they were breaking a rule at the time that they were the victim of a crime, their own report of what rule they were broken wouldn't be used to get them in trouble, but the university would dredge up somebody else who was at the party who would then tell on the student who was the victim of a crime. So then the university had something that was actionable to appear that they were keeping their own policies and rules, but still punish victims of crimes for rule violations that were occurring at the same time that they were a victim of a crime. And they would often use somewhat coercive tactics to try and get people to tell on their friends. That is very generously put, Gavi. Liberty University came out with a statement that says, Liberty University prioritizes the safety and security of every student without exception. Because the Washington Post has made claims based on some information that is false, is not final, is not public, the university will not comment specifically on any questions posed in the Washington Post article at this time. So this is in reference to the fact that this report that the Washington Post got a hold of is preliminary because the way that this process works is that there is an investigation, there's a report, and then they report the preliminary findings. And then f there's back and forth and there's like appeals that can go back and forth. So this process is not finalized. But the information that's in the report has gone to the public. So the, I think the most important thing that was included in this report is that there was a crime, a sexual violence crime involving, quote, a former university president. And you may recall from our episode on Liberty University, at the time that this report is referencing, there have only there had only been two university presidents because this this crime, correct me if I'm wrong, Gavi, but I think they said that it took place in 2014. They said it took place earlier than 2014. Earlier than 2014. Um, let me fact check myself. In in 2014, there had only been two university presidents of, of Liberty yes. University. Because Jerry Falwell Sr. was the president from the inception of the university until May of 2007 when he died. And Jerry Falwell Jr. became president on May 15th, 2007 and was president until August 25th, 2020. 
So Jerry Falwell Jr., when asked about this, said it wasn't me. He gave the shaggy defense. It was Okay, number one, it absolutely was you. But number two, this this man is not capable of understanding that there was only one other person that it could have been. Like he I don't think he didn't throw his dead father under the bus on purpose. He did it out of carelessness and not thinking. A university president committed a sexual assault and it was never reported to federal authorities. And they ask the only living person that it could possibly apply to. And he says, it wasn't me, by which he is stating that it was his deceased father. I don't know about you. I mean, you know these fundamentalists as well as anybody. I know these fundamentalists pretty well from having watched many sermons, having read about them, having studied them. I don't see Jerry Falwell Sr. as the same sort of person as a guy like Jack Hiles. I, and I, I don't know the guy, but my impression of him is that I think that it's much more likely that it was Jerry Jr. than Jerry Falwell Sr. that committed this crime. Absolutely. And even if you, if you look at someone like Jack Hiles, I have never in all of my research seen any allegation about Jack Hiles personally harming somebody who was underage or a college student at his college or anything like that. Not even, I have never seen anything, not even a nameless, sourceless claim on the internet ever. That doesn't mean that Jack Hiles wouldn't have assaulted anybody, um, because the affair that we know that he did have was a a huge power imbalance, and he used his power very inappropriately in that situation. My impression was of Jack Hiles was that he wouldn't have needed to, because he he wouldn't have needed to physically assault somebody, but he would have absolutely been able to, and he probably did coerce people into sex. Right, but the only. And uh, notice, I'm not saying any credible allegation. I am saying any allegation. I have never seen anything remotely like that about Jack Hiles. Because I think, like, I think men like Hiles and Falwell Sr. are not in it for women that they perceive to be young and impressionable and attractive. I think they are in it for the power and the control. And Jerry Jr. is, to me, a, a very different breed. I'm Jerry Jr. and Jack Scott both. Jerry Jr. Is also has credible allegations of sexual misconduct against him. In that Many. Me, many yes. He was well known for showing lewd photographs to people who were employees of his and who worked with mm -hmm. him which is a, a form of sexual harassment. You can't do that. And for having yes. uncomfortable conversations where he would brag about certain parts of his anatomy to other people, which is also a form of sexual harassment because those people did not want to be in that conversation with Jerry Falwell Jr. about that. Mm -hmm. This He seems like a guy who very much the sex itself was a part of the power for him and mm -hmm. he liked having that power over other people. Right. So, yeah, I think it's ludicrous to think that this former president of Liberty University who is being accused of a sexual assault 
would be anybody other than Jerry Jr. These crimes that have been committed either on or around Liberty University campus, including, you know, uh, physical assaults, sexual assaults, things of that nature, many of them, they were. Um, and, and so this Washington Post article says people who reported sexual violence or other incidents were frequently questioned about their own conduct that may have allegedly contributed, contributed, investigators found, student complaints and witnesses were also questioned about their sexual history, sexual orientation, alcohol consumption, and clothing choices, the authors wrote. So as we were saying earlier, the university would go to extreme lengths to avoid actually having to go forward with these reports or finding anything in these reports that they deemed actionable so that they could um, ex- excuse me, actionable on the part of the person who was actually filing the complaint, the complaint, so that they would not have to actually report these crimes to the police department. If there was a crime that was committed, then they would file a report of it, but this report would never actually get delivered to real government law enforcement. That um, there is a report in here. Let me find it. It says that. Reports were often made and then essentially left in piles in a back office and then eventually destroyed. What is it with people who are associated with Trump also leaving important paperwork in places it shouldn't be? Well, this wasn't leaving important paperwork in a place where anybody could find it. This was leaving important paperwork in a place where no one would look for it so that they wouldn't have to do anything on it. I feel like it's the the same crime for opposite reasons. Exactly. Just, I'm, the preliminary report essentially contends, and I'm reading once again from the Washington Post article, the preliminary report contends that the university failed to adequately maintain records for oversight and selectively destroyed or removed some records. So there's other crimes in here, including of a potential bomb threat. They what? Yes. Let me find it. I'm not, you know, I'm not more angry about them failing to report a potential bomb threat to students than I am about an alleged assault by a university president. Both are rage-inducing, but I'm actually surprised by that one. So it says in 2016, the school did issue an emergency notification about a bomb threat. The report says, but senior officials were concerned at least one campus police officer, quote, was subjected to disciplinary action, issuing the notice even though it was issued in conformity with federal law and the institution's published policy at the time. So it wasn't just, oh, they failed to warn them. It was that they punished somebody for warning people about a potential bomb threat. I would recommend that you read this article, anybody who's listening to this, if you want to. I'm not going to get into a ton of the other details about this uh, because... There are details of sexual assaults that we don't really like to talk about on this program. We don't really like to go into details about that, but there's things about like erased hard drives, destroyed documents regarding uh, things such as record uh, regarding police reports, regarding, um, um, excuse me, incident reports, not police reports because they weren't reported to the police. It's uh, man. And so the consequences of these failures can be a fine, which seems kind of to me because Liberty University allegedly received nearly a billion dollars, something like 800 and something million dollars in federal aid 
and then having to pay out uh, something like $67,000 for a rules violation of something like this seems to me to be pretty crazy. But there's also the potential going forward that they could lose access to federal aid. That is just... Oh. Mm. Yeah. I'm just... The, the hubris to think that, oh, we can take this federal aid, we can do whatever we want, we can hide documents, erase hard drives, cover up crimes, and just go on our merry way. And if we do get caught, it'll just be a fine. Yeah, fundamentalist colleges, protect your daughters. The, according to this Washington Post article, and apparently according to this report, the crimes were rampant, just happening all over the place. and nobody did anything about it or they'd cover them up if they had to do something about it it just it it ties right back in um in the in the 80s or 90s hiles anderson college took out a full page ad in a baptist newspaper and the full page ad simply said hiles anderson college we protect your daughters protect your daughters or protect your girls i'm not sure what the wording was um, and as, as every story that I tell about the college shows, that is not accurate in the least. As we're going to talk about next week, there was somebody making threats to you personally in the presence of campus staff. And yeah, send your, kid, send your, your kids to a fundamentalist college so that they can have threats made and crimes committed against them and burn out their adrenal glands for the rest of their life. But at least they won't learn about any feminism or evolution. Yeah, it's, they're not going to get indoctrinated into the woke mind virus or whatever the f*** it is that... Ugh, I don't know. Um, Speaking of mind virus, do you want to go take up the offering and come back and talk about Kanye? Yeah, sure, I guess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Sadie here. If this is your first time listening to the Leaving Eden podcast, make sure you go back and check out episode 57. It's a primer episode for new listeners. That episode tells my personal story and gives you all the terms and information that you'll need to know going forward. Also, check out our cult true crime series, The First Family of Fundamentalism, so that you can get the whole cult story. If you like our show, you can support us by joining our Patreon, where we have extended and uncensored episodes, as well as other bonus content available. You can also join in the discussion in our Facebook group, that group is called Eden Exodus. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy. 
The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. Now, back to the show. I was raised in a cult. Of course, if you'd have asked me all those years ago or anyone else in our small fundamentalist church if we were a cult, we'd have indignantly replied, absolutely not. Other groups like the Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, they're cults, but we're not a cult. Everything became normalized, though, but it wasn't until decades later, after I deconstructed my entire belief system and walked away from the Christian faith entirely, that I began to see just how cultish the whole thing actually was. But before all of that, for over 20 years, I'd served both as a pastor and a Bible college teacher, so I had a hand in it, furthering the toxicity also. So in the process of rebuilding my life and discovering my authentic identity, I've got lots to work through, things like religious trauma syndrome, rapture anxiety, and just so much more. Join me, Dr. Clint Haycock, on the MindShift podcast as we take a look at such topics as cult tactics and psychology, religious trauma syndrome and religious addiction, taking your life back after leaving a cult or high-control group, and finally, dominion theology and the dangers posed by the Christian right, not just in America, but indeed the world. You can find my show on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Who knows, it might just be time for a mind check. We are back from our break, and I came across a pretty wild set of articles about Kanye West and his new wife, Bianca Sensori. And I think there are some things that we need to talk about there. These articles are sourced from quote unquote insiders who claim to be Bianca's former friends from before her relationship with Kanye. And these people say that Kanye has instituted a, a very strict set of rules that Bianca must follow at all times. So this was very upsetting to read. It was. Uh, let's see. So these articles claim that he controls everything she wears, even specific foods that she is or isn't allowed to eat, uh, that he requires her to work out, that all of her very risque outfits in public are at Kanye's influence or that Kanye is forcing her to to wear these things. And her friends who are giving these interviews to tabloids say that some of her friends say that she's brainwashed or that every thought in her mind is coming from Kanye. But that's not the only side of the story. Other friends of Bianca are saying, oh no, she, this is what she wants. She loves being his muse. She wants to be famous at any cost. And she is loving that she is scandalizing the world with her really risque outfits and with appearing to be under Kanye's control, but she's in on it. And I think like the, the details of these claims definitely raise eyebrows for anybody who has ever been involved in a uh, true crime cult related content. It gets your attention, right? Because telling somebody what they can and can't wear, 
who they can and can't communicate with. One source claimed that Kanye has told Bianca that she is never allowed to speak, which is a really common technique in the worst of the worst cults that we see in our research and in our episodes. Those are all forms of behavior control and information control. And we could think maybe he's also practicing thought control and emotion control. And this could be a a cult-like influence. On the other hand, there are people claiming that she's in on it. That she is telling her friends to go away and not talk to her. And that she knows what she's doing. She's happy with with this arrangement. So it, it kind of, it gives you something to think about. Either way, I think this is gross. Oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, like, on one hand, I know of people who have had relationships with celebrities, and it has very much been like, you can't be seen in public unless you are dressed in a certain way, because I have a reputation to uphold. But this is different in that it seems as if the outfits that and and acts that she is being or that she is doing publicly are done in a way to devalue and humiliate her like if you see the outfits that she's wearing or like there was the one where she's like wearing leggings and then she's just holding a pillow across her chest did you see that one right yes i I did and then there was the lewd acts that they were performing in public on a boat that were photographed by a, a tabloid photographer. These are things that very much to me make it seem like they, they feel like they're being done coercive, either coercive or they're done as a manner to induce degradation. So there are a couple of things that influence my take on this situation. Number one is Kanye's short-lived ex, Julia Fox, who I respect a lot, actually. Really? <laughs> she, is ex- she is extremely cool on TikTok. She wears similar uh, shocking and revealing and unusual fashion to what Kanye is allegedly forcing Bianca to wear. Uh, She was in a short-lived relationship with Kanye and, according to her, kind of just told him to kick rocks. But Julia has talked about how her unusual fashion sense is empowering to her and how that was something that was a part of who she was before she ever met Kanye West. Seeing one ex of his that says, oh, I wanted to make my own choices. I didn't want to let him dress me. I wanted to be scandalous and be weird in my own way. And then we also have claims from Kim Kardashian, who says that he controlled her clothing multiple different ways because previous to his whole Christian thing, um, for lack of a better term, he encouraged her to wear revealing clothing that he picked a lot of her clothing for her and kind of acted as a personal stylist. And Kim also has said that after this conversion or reconversion of his, he criticized her for wearing revealing clothing and wanted her to dress with more modesty. 
So we have those two women's testimonies. And then the other thing is we have all of the research and reading that we've done about Donda Academy. And at Donda Academy, Kanye was known for wanting to have every element of the school done his way. He set the uniform, he set the lunch menu, he hired all administrators, administrators with no oversight. He was involved with the basketball team. I think all of those sources separate from Kanye and Bianca make me lean more towards there is something wrong and maybe she's not as in on it as maybe even she thinks she is. I am also inclined to agree with you because, and I'll, I'll tell you why, Julia Fox, who was uh, Kanye's ex after when, when he was in the process of getting uh, divorced from Kim Kardashian, Julia Fox was a sort of budding movie star at the time. She, I'd seen her, I, when it said that Kanye was dating her, I knew who she was because I'd seen her in Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Yes, the movie that I couldn't finish because I couldn't understand the dialogue. That, I loved that movie. That movie was fantastic. I loved every. I really, it. really wanted to like that movie. Um, and I literally just could not understand what anybody was saying to anybody because everyone was talking over everyone the entire movie and I could not take it. That's kind of how people are uh, in that business and in that life, though. I get it. I respect it. Um, I just couldn't handle it as a movie. It felt like hyper. It, it felt very like hyper realism to me when I was watching it. Also, I love basketball, so that was fun. the The thing is that, like Julia Fox, it would have made a lot of sense for her to go into this and say, "Okay, well, I'm not quite an it girl yet." But some people know who I am. If I start dating Kanye, then maybe I'll get into becoming a bigger celebrity and I can, it will help my career. Whereas somebody like Bianca, I don't want to say that like she's not going to have a career if she divorces from Kanye, if she leaves Kanye. But she, I, I don't think that she had that stepping stone of an of initial level of fame that dating Kanye would bump her up to the next level like kim kardashian when she and kanye got together she was already very well known as a celebrity as like a socialite yeah she was already one of the most famous women in the world yes she was uh i mean she was paris hilton's stylist before she had a reality tv show and there was also the sex tape with ray j that was a catalyst into her becoming much more famous when she got together with Kanye, she was already a very famous person and she was already very well known for being very stylish and being very fashionable. And the same with Julia Fox. She already had that reputation. So I don't see it as there's the same level of power between somebody like Kanye and, and somebody like Bianca, where she doesn't have that level of career where essentially her career going forward is much more dependent on her relationship with him being successful. If she, if she supposedly is in it just for the fame, just for the attention. Mm -hmm. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I see this. I think what we can pull out of this Kanye update is actually an interesting test case. Because one thing that we really believe in on this show is people's autonomy. And that includes their autonomy to make decisions that we don't like or agree with when those decisions are not harming another person. That's the the through line of that's the um, I don't want to use the word standard because that's going to trigger people. That's the the measuring stick that we use when we talk about people's choices that we don't like, like people who choose to be in a uh, heavily complementarian or even a patriarchal marriage, like women who say that they are happy and consenting and they've chosen it. The, the measuring stick that we use for how harshly we judge those people or whether it's a live and let live situation is, you know, is, is there true consent? Is there evidence that this person really is choosing it? And is there autonomy and their ability to make whatever choice they're going to make, is it hurting anybody? Like in the case of the transformed wife, I do believe that she is harming people because her teachings influence people to stay in abusive relationships. Her teaching influences women to subjugate themselves, to have children when they are not physically healthy enough to do so, to put up with physical abuse, emotional abuse, and other types of abuse. That's real world harm. So that's somebody that I'm very willing to censure over her beliefs and her choices. This is an interesting test case because some friends are saying she's in on it. She is, it's not Kanye controlling her, it's her and Kanye trolling all of the media on purpose. And friends have, uh, supposed friends of hers have spoken to tabloids and said that they've been able to get in touch with her and she has told them to leave her alone. But on the other hand, we have this evidence of she is 
somebody is telling her what to wear. Allegedly, Kanye is telling her what she can eat and what, how, when and how she has to work out. Allegedly, Kanye is telling her that she is not allowed to speak, which is the biggest red flag ever. It's an interesting excuse to talk about how we untangle these threads. What do we believe? And of course, in this case, I think the evidence from outside sources, the evidence from other women who have been in a relationship with Kanye, the evidence of how he ran Donda Academy is very, very stacked against him and against this being a consensual and non-culty relationship. I tend to agree with you on that. And it <laughs> when I do think about the um, levels of cult control here, because that's part of the way that you have to do it, um, that you have to sort of determine this. Like, what can we actually determine from the outside? Is so for B, I mean, if we look at this just using the bite model, if we look at behavior control, the I definitely there's clearly evidence of behavior control going here in that, you know, the he's deciding what she wears and also having her perform sexual acts in public where anybody can see them. That's not a thing that people would normally do. And that's not a thing that you would do if you weren't in a relationship with somebody who wanted that from you do you think that's a fair uh uh, uh judgment yeah but there? we we don't have evidence we don't have direct claims that he forced her into public sex acts we have claims from people who claim to be her friends that he's forcing her into revealing clothing which is certainly related but i think i think the the boat whatever was going on there um is shakier evidence if that makes sense well what i'm thinking about though is that there have been credible reports about kanye in the past showing pornography to people just when oh, somebody right. would come to his no, house you're right about that he would just put pornography on the tv or he would show somebody sex tapes of him and his uh, and and his wife at the time, Kim Kardashian, and say, what do you think about this? When that person was just not at all interested in looking at that. And that- No, you're right. That I had forgotten about that part. Yeah. Um, I actually, I went back because I knew we were going to do this. And I went back and I listened to our Kanye episode and did a little bit of research just to refresh. And that's, I think, one of the things that we talked about. It um, is. When we go to information control, the information control sector of the bite model. I think that clearly if somebody is not allowed to talk as a result of something, that is information control because that affects how and who you can communicate with, without a doubt. Yes, it is. It would be both behavior control and information control. As far as thought control, that's where it gets hazy, and that's where I can't say one way or the other because I can't be inside somebody's mind. As far as emotion control goes, I, I don't want to speculate too hard into this because I don't know the details of them in, interpersonally, but what I will say is that I know people who are still very interested in Kanye West and still believe that he is a genius, even after he has kind of shown that I personally think that at this point I would describe him as creatively bankrupt 
but there are still people out there who believe that this man is a genius and they are dying to see the thing that he comes up with next because they really buy into that. And they and I think that that is very much a factor as far as emotion control goes because he is he is an artist and art as a media form is inherently emotional and the idea that that you could be somebody's muse and somebody could create something that's like a great piece of art off of you and off of something that you're doing can be very enticing and so i think that could be a factor of emotion control i don't know about thought control because i've honestly because i've never heard her speak either so yeah and friends have said quote she acts as if as if she doesn't have a mind of her own which could be indicative of thought control i think also on emotion control i noticed that she has a very blank expression in every picture that we see of her and if that were something that he were instructing her to do it would qualify as emotion control because control uh, emotion control can refer to controlling the emotions that you feel or telling you that some emotions are good or bad or allowed or not allowed but it can also refer to controlling your outside expression of emotions so i obviously we don't know but if her facial expression being kind of blank and the same in photographs of her is something that's coming from kanye then it would qualify yeah, I don't know. I I'm I'm very sketched out by this. I think it's it's Yeah, I just I thought it would be a good thing to bring up on this bonus episode because we've talked about Kanye in the past and this article caught my eye for a lot of culty reasons and I thought that would be a good thing to take a couple minutes and dig into when the document when the Kanye cult leader documentary comes out in 5 years we'll be sure to cover it. Yeah, whew, yeah. It's kind of amazing that he, like, who was the guy that did have, there was a celebrity that did have a cult. Was it Jared Leto? Yeah, I think that's who it was. Also, there was the R. Kelly sex cult. That was the, the yeah. two. It's just, it's kind of interesting to me that Kanye has not started a commune or anything yet. He started a church. Yeah, I see him. I don't know. I think he's a... Uh, it's interesting that he has not pushed that farther. Not that I hope that he does. Just I see a pattern in him that is similar to behavior of a lot of cult leaders. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I'm past the point of where I would ever be able to defend things that this man does or says. So. That's kind of where I am. I know I, as a Jewish man, I clearly have my biases against him. I do think it's funny that he said that he watched 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill and that that made him not hate Jewish people anymore. And it turns out that Jonah Hill is also super controlling. So that's fun. Not a great look for us as the Jews, but whatever. You live and you learn. Anything else that we want to talk about today, Sadie? Uh, no, I think that's it for our update episode. I will, we will keep an eye on both this Liberty University story and the new Kanye West foolishness um, and do a full update episode if it warrants it in the future. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we have been Gavi and Sadie. Uh, 
You can follow the podcast on uh, Facebook and Instagram and threads at Leaving Eden Podcast. You can follow me on social media at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. Sadie, you want to plug your socials? Yep. You can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music, on Twitter at Hell Yeah Sadie, and on TikTok at Sadie Carpenter One. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Debbie Pearl's book, Created to Be His Help Me. This is the book that convinced Lori Alexander to become the transformed wife and drop that men prefer debt-free virgins without tattoos banger tweet that she dropped uh it's more of the same kind of stuff it's actually we've already recorded it it's actually really rough for us to talk about but it's a very important topic uh with uh, as far as controlling and patriarchal marriages go did i tell you what i ended up doing for self-care after recording that episode no what'd you do so I did I did that episode and I was just so bummed about having to read that book. So I ended up finding a very intense feminist manifesto and I read that and then I felt like balance was restored in my brain. So if you have a favorite piece of kind of out there feminist theory, I suggest having that on hand as a palate cl- cleanser after that episode. Did me a world of good. I think Barbie movie is on. Uh, it's not on streaming, but you can purchase it's it. Stream- for, right. It's yeah. You can buy it on streaming now, which is a fun one. Uh, <laughs> we liked that movie a lot more than we liked created to be as help me. I'll tell you that. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah. You can get our next episode on uh, Friday night slash Saturday morning, depending on what time zone you're in. If you're a patron, Um, Otherwise, you'll hear from us on Monday. You guys have a great day. Uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.